For Truth with a Texas Twang, Fireside Talk Radio, the show where women ponder the things we store in our hearts. Host Kathy Carafi invites experts to talk openly about what women care about, like how to create lifelong companionship, dealing with mental illness in our families, bullying at school, and many others. You name it, we talk about it. Listen in now as Kathy helps us find answers to our most tender questions. Welcome to Camp Cafe's Fireside Talk Radio, where our goal is to ponder over all the tried and true stuff women store in our hearts as we knit our families together in lifelong fellowship. Our favorite verse on this show is Luke 2.19, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. We want to thank Home Instead, our sponsor for this episode, Home Instead's uh, excuse me, Home Instead Senior Care provides trustworthy, kind-hearted senior home care services in your loved one's home. All caregivers are thoroughly screened, extensively trained, professional, and reliable. At Home Instead, it's about providing the highest quality home care services to fit you and your family's needs. Now, I am so happy because Tina Meyer is with us and I've been looking forward to this. Tina, I cannot wait to pick your brain. So we're going to call this episode, Bullying at School, How Parents Can Fight Back. I don't know if fighting is what parents want to do, but we want to come against this whole thing of bullying, especially when it's directed at our kids. And just for my listeners, I want my listening friends, I want you to know, Tina shared her story in another episode that I think I'm going to call A Mother's Story. Uh, of, of bullying leading to suicide. I'm not sure what I'm going to call that. Tina, do you have an opinion about what we should call your story? Well, um, I, you know, I think it's a mother's story is great. Um, and I think one of the big things to know is that we really work hard making sure that people understand that not every child who is bullied or cyberbullied does it automatically directly linked to suicide. But we do know that children who are repeatedly bullied and repeatedly cyberbullied do have a higher rate or a higher, it's a more of a risk. So maybe even looking at something like that, knowing the risks um, oh, associated you. with, you know, bullying and cyberbullying. Okay. Thank you for clearing, clarifying that for me. I think on that last episode, some of my last comments may have been misleading about the link between bullying and suicidal thoughts but in my experience i have noticed there is definitely a link i can't say yeah. that they produce each other but i can say they're linked for sure right. uh, just Absolutely. anecdotally that seems obvious to me so i appreciate you clarifying that and making holding me accountable for exactly what i should and should not say about that and i know you're an expert one thing I loved about the website, MeganMeyerFoundation.org, is you have a really great definition definition of bullying on your website. I have friends who ask about bullying at work. I wish we had time to talk about that today, but I want to read this because keeping in mind, it's not just kids that suffer with this. So bullying is aggressive behavior involving unwanted negative actions or repeated behaviors or and and or an imbalance of power or strength. So that's how you begin to know if what you're experiencing is about bullying. I thought that was really helpful. And there's so many great resources on your website. 
Well, thank you. Yeah, I think the, you know, the hard thing with bullying is, is that we always go to what would be an extreme, either an extreme verbal exchange, um, yeah. a physical altercation. But these things with bullying, what we've realized is that even a one-time instance, while it may be really hurtful and really upsetting and other kids can see it, a one-time instance um, of name-calling or isolating or you know, pushing or taking their belongings does not constitute bullying with the schools and the policies and, and everything that is out there. So mm. what we it, it's hard for parents to understand, but what we always look at is bullying is defined by where it is directed at one person, um, and it's either one person is doing it or multiple people, the same people are directing it to your child. Um, it is repeated. So it can be repeated um, through that day, through that week, through that month. Um, but then also it is an imbalance of power, which means that does not mean your size or your strength, a female or male. It means that that person that is directing it towards your child feels that they are able, they have this ability of, of being able to say things, do things, and know that they, they have more strength. And I always talk to kids about it's the brain strength. It's that strength of knowing that they're watching your body language, they're watching your facial expressions, they watch the way that you react to certain things. Are you timid? Are you scared? How do you reply to people? What do you do? They are paying, everybody pays attention to these things. So when they do things and say things to you, they're paying attention to that to be able to see if they have an ability and more of that imbalance of power to be able to now dig in on the things that they think will hurt you or upset you or embarrass you. And so we really talk to kids a lot about, and parents, about talking to their kids about what does facial expressions mean and my emotions and what does that look like and how can I respond when someone says they don't like me or they don't like my clothes. And so those are things that we really want parents and kids to really be aware of and talk about how to take a stand in the right way um, mm -hmm. to respond to those versus a lot of times um, we as parents react as five-year-old children, which we do, um, when someone calls our child names or yeah. leaves them out, then we turn around and in turn say, well, that kid's stupid too, you know, or, or we're not going to invite them right. to the birthday party, or I can't stand their mom anyways, or, you know, just things that do not... It, you're emotional as a parent, but it's like take a deep breath and say it internally if you need to, but it's really listening and validating how your child feels, and let's talk about what are some options, what are th some things that we can do, how do you feel that you can respond. Those are things to really get them engaged in it so that they don't always feel like they are weak and a victim, um, mm -hmm. that parents are going to kind of take over because we cannot be there 24 hours a day for them. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned that because the size thing makes no difference. My son is huge, no. and, he, and he was right. like your daughter. He was a natural uh, leader in some ways. He was taller than the other kids from the beginning, and uh, he was on a football team, and the seniors picked on him every day for two years. And he's yeah. a bold kid, and it still was very disturbing to him day yeah. after day. And. And the thing that, as parents, that disturbed us is many of the adults around him knew that was happening, and they did not, they did not handle it. And and honestly, we didn't know how to handle it. What would you recommend right. in a case like that, where 
he's a big kid. He's the last person on earth you would think they'd pick on. Right. Um, you know, I always say this. It's that, it, like I said, we as humans watch how other people respond to things. If it's, uh, you know, interacting with somebody, a call, we can see if they're sad, happy, mad, how they respond and react. So they probably knew that your son was a big boy, but also not that aggressive fighter, the way that they were going to respond, because nobody's going to walk up to somebody that they know is going to really level them out, either verbally or, mm-hmm. you know, and cut them down or physically. So mm-hmm. they, they look and test the waters, and they were able to find some things within him or that about him that really cut to the core, that could really be hurtful, and they found those things funny. The older that we get, the harder it is to be able to deal with these issues. Because one, if he's in high school, and then it's seen from a lot of adults as, oh, kids are snowflakes these days. You know, they can't handle anything. That builds character. You know, and then he's concerned with if he has mom or dad go talk to the school or go talk to the coaches or the other kids, then all of a sudden he is now being made fun of even in a bigger way because now he's a snitch. He can't handle things. He's a crybaby, Mm -hmm. you know. So when we talk about, especially for boys, because they struggle more um, to be verbal um, about Mm -hmm. their emotions and how they feel, it's really listening and validating are one of the biggest things that we as parents can do. Um, We always try to fix it and take care of it, and we can't always fix these situations. So first, listening when they're talking about it, validate how they feel, not their behaviors Mm -hmm. or actions. Mm -hmm. And then say, you know, listen, I know this is tough. What what can I do? Can I do anything to help you? Or mm-hmm. do you have any ideas on what way to be able to, how to handle this? Because as a parent, we want to go to the school. We want the school to document. We want them to do something about it. Mm-hmm. But that means that they cannot follow other kids around every day to see what comments they're making underneath their breath or on a football field or in a lunchroom yeah. at a mall, you know. And so it's really working with that child. Um, Yes, we do talk about reporting these things. The problem that happens is that the older that kids get, they don't want to report. Parents, their concern is is that parents go in, overreact, and they make the situations worse. That's what they're fearful of. And so that's why they a lot of times don't come home and tell us because they know that the mom or dad's going to run into the school, throw a fit, something needs to be done. And then they feel like, listen, they made it worse. So we yeah. try to talk from the very beginning to, yes, report it. If you have a child that's going through this and you're showing that, one, they're begging you not to go to the school, um, that yeah. they are, their grades are dropping, um, that you, know, you can tell their behaviors are changing, overeating, undereating, Um, not wanting to go to school, not wanting to hang out with friends, not doing the normal things, isolating um, in their room more. You cannot really get them engaged in a conversation. It's absolutely essential to be able to take them to a a pediatrician or primary care doctor, talk to them about that you notice that they don't seem to be themselves, that you are, you're not freaked out in their words, but you are concerned, and, and what can you do? You're not trying to make it bigger than it needs to be, but you do want to make sure they're okay. 
We have 30 um, seconds always, to the break. And okay. when we come back, I want to talk a little bit more. This is great advice. One of my questions, one of our experiences was the kids that were older escalated till there were cars involved. I mean, it was terrible. Yeah. So I want to hear what you think about that and some of your suggestions on how to handle it as a parent and even what kids can do. And I can't wait to hear more from you. So I hate it that we have to break, okay. but we'll be right back. Stay with us. Fireside Talk Radio. So stay tuned for more adventures as we talk about the things women store and ponder in their hearts. More truth with a Texas twang when we return. Y'all to see my blue-eyed Sally. She lives way down on Shimbone Alley. The number on the gate and the number on the door and the next house over is a grocery store. Hi, this is Kathy. As women, we have a lot to ponder, but even the toughest topics are easier when we open up authentically and share our tenderest wisdom with each other. During this break, I want to mention a special way you can help other women. You can sign up for our blog and share it with your friends. Our podcasts are designed to create tools to talk about the toughest topics at home or at work. You can help by going to Kathy Crafty, C-A-T-H-Y-K-R-A-F as in Frank, V as in Victor, E as in Edward, dot com. We hope you love sharing these conversational adventures as much as we love bringing in experts to tell their stories and share their wisdom. Truth with a Texas twang spoken here. My parents are getting older and I want to be there to help. But sometimes I spend more time taking care of them than my own family. It's starting to put pressure on my marriage, and I feel like I'm ignoring my kids. My parents need help. I need help. My mom wants to stay at home, but she honestly can't handle it on her own anymore. I've been taking care of her, but I just want to be her daughter again. I know mom feels the same same way. I'm not sure where to turn. If you're struggling to care for your parents, you're not alone. Home Instead Senior Care can help. With personalized service and a personal touch, our caregivers will help your parents stay in the place they call home. Home Instead Senior Care. To us, it's personal. We want to thank our generous sponsors for making these candid conversations possible at Fireside Talk Radio, where we talk openly about the things women store and ponder in their hearts, where truth and Texas twang meet. Hi, we're talking to Tina Meyer, and she's sharing with us from her very deeply personal perspective about bullying and how as parents we can respond. Tina, I was sharing with you before the uh, the break is often sometimes my favorite part of a conversation because we share so much. But I mentioned to you that in the case of my son, some of the bullying escalated till it involved cars even. And that was very frightening for us as parents. Now, at what point do you get real authorities involved in in and try to like what how do as a parent how do you know what the where the lines are so the one problem is is that bullying there is not a criminal law 
on that. So it is each state, um, and we don't have a federal law either. So each state has their own laws on what they um, require public school systems to have in their policies and procedures. And then from that, that then goes down to each school district um, will have different policies and procedures on how they handle situations um, based through their what the law is and their attorneys for their insurance and their attorneys for the school. So they're so, all very different. But can I I'm can sorry, I ask ahead. you quick I want to ask you a quick question. So in your daughter's case, the the website that had been put up where she was cyber bullied was actually put up by adults in your neighborhood. Yeah. And so right, there's no law against that even still even all um, these years later cuz that was 2006 and here we are 12 years later. Right. So it was an adult neighbor, a mom, who posed as the boy on MySpace. Um, you know, and so while there were no laws on that, we do not have a federal cyberbullying law either. Um, we do have a law in the state of Missouri. But the problem is, and all the other states have either electronic communications or cyberbullying laws. The hard part about this is, is that with technology, our laws are not even close to keeping up to this. Um, wow. And laws alone are not going to deter all of this. It's, it has to be laws in place, but it also has to be that education awareness, and it has to be the, the schools and their policies and procedures and how they handle these things, which means consistently and the same for every child, no matter the child's um, parents, no matter if they're on the football team, if they are right. a scholar, whatever it may be, they all have to be handled in that same similar fashion. Um, but you cannot prove in a, in a court of law, if you can prove that there is any doubt that who was behind the screen, who was behind the phone, who had the ability to the phone, who sent it, who did it, mm. you're going to create reasonable doubt. So mm. then we have these situations where you can't always prove it. So it it is a, a frustrating, we would need about 10 more podcasts to go through all of that, but um, it's hard. So well, what I always tell parents is this. If yeah. In a bullying situation, when you're talking about a child who is verbally or socially relationally, which means they are either verbally attacking them or they are isolating them, they yes. are on purpose excluding them. Those are different. When a child is being, when somebody takes their lunch, when somebody throws something at them, trips into them, those things are still all bullying, physical bullying. Yes, yes. When it changes and there is an assault on a child, so a, a child is now being punched, hit, kicked, they're in, threatening that child. When those things the, are happening, you have to be able to report that, um, that was, either on a school what, ground Yes. At a school event, wherever it is at, that is assault, that is different, that is a criminal act where you can report it to the school, but the authorities must be involved, and, and they are the ones that would handle those situations, and not the schools handling that criminal act. So what you're saying is, in that case, when if, if will it, like this didn't happen, but I had heard of another case where one of the kids was beat up in the bathroom, punched, so that uh -huh. parent could have then reported that to the police. I mean, that's what I would have done. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Okay. So you're saying that's right. probably and the right course. You don't take that to the administration. You take that to the to the police. Well, it, 
some schools have school resource officers or SROs. So okay. in some schools, um, what may happen is if it's a, a situation that happens with inside the school or at a school function, the schools are going to know about it. Um, they're going to have it documented. So if it's on their property or on their, you know, at an event, mm-hmm. they need to absolutely know about it. They need to be able to document it and do an investigation. What happens, though, is schools are only able to really handle the situation with the other child. They're mm-hmm. not going to be able to, if it's a public school system, they're not going to be able to give you any information on what disciplinary actions they did or did not take with the other child because of privacy laws. That mm-hmm. can be very frustrating to parents because they want to know what you're going to do to the other kid. When those situations happen, if you're concerned about an assault, if your child has been knocked out, um, if there are where they have to go to the emergency room or to the hospital and there are going to be other things where they're out of school, I absolutely always suggest making a police report mm-hmm. because you need to be able to document. It does not mean that you have to take it any further. It just means that if you do not have things documented and situations go down the road where there are extended circumstances, you do not, you, documentation is key to all of this. You need to document when it happened, who you talked to, who reported it, who found your child, what did they do, where did they go. You absolutely must document everything. And then the other situation is is that if you have now that say that your child we have a situation where an elementary student was punched 50 times on the bus mm-hmm. by another student it happened one time the student had never bothered the kid before they have it on a recording legally they will not tell what happened or did not happen to the other student now this kid is scared to go back to school Certainly. So in those situations, now it is, okay, so you have a right to, one, look at filing an order of protection, which means that you can go to the court systems, file this to be able to make sure that your child is not within a certain area of this other child. So that means that then schools have to change the kids' classrooms. They cannot be on the lunch, same lunches and periods Mm -hmm. and all of those things. And Mm -hmm. then schools are are aware of that. Um, you don't always want to go, the, always have to go down the legal route and, and always do that. But at the end of the day, when you're talking about physical assaults or threats, those things are very scary. And you do have to make sure that if it's something that your child is fearful, that you do have to follow these proper steps. And documentation is key. We have a, a tip sheet that we give parents. Um, whether it's a verbal situation or very small to big, on steps to be able to do. What we always tell parents is document everything that happens. Mm-hmm. Contact the schools and let them know, listen, I am letting you know that this is a situation that has happened. We're handling at this point. I want to make sure that you are aware. Making sure that they understand because when you're talking about repeated situations, if the school finds out about a situation that happened today but it's been going on for three months and it's not reported or documented, they're only going to be able to look at what happened today, what is reported mm-hmm. right now. So they can't look at anything that's happened prior if you haven't reported it. This is why this whole situation can get to a point where then parents feel like schools don't care, nobody cares. 
we always say we're, we're putting Band-Aids on the kids that are older. Right now, it is starting in preschool, and it is starting mm-hmm. in elementary school, and it is working with our children, giving them the ability to trust the adults to report it, how to handle it, how to respond to it, and us as parents learning and understanding so that when the children are getting older, they have an ability to know facially how do they respond, physically mm-hmm. how are they responding to this, what to do, where to go, and being able to openly communicate with you before it escalates to where it's to the point of they are falling apart. Yeah, I really regret that we didn't do a little bit more intervention with that situation when Will was in high school. And the reason is I feel like those young men just took that behaviors off to the next football team in college. And they didn't really, there was no accountability for them to learn that they could not get away with that. So we didn't do them any favors is what I'm saying. I mean, our son is fine and and he survived and learned a lot of good lessons from that. But I'm sure he did. And it will circle back around. Yeah, it always I does. Know. It I will circle back around it would, one day for those kids. It's always better to learn those things when you're younger rather than later. So oh, for them, I kind of regret absolutely. that we didn't hold them a better, didn't do a better job of holding them accountable at the time. Do you, See, do you recommend for problems? parents to talk to other parents? Um, no. Okay. So we do not. Um, even if you are good friends and best friends, Ultimately, at the end of the day, you are going to protect your own child. You are going to believe your own child. And it's different when you're talking about your kid and saying they're doing A, B, C, or D. But when you have somebody else who's stepping up and saying your kid did A, B, C, or D, and then you try to say, well, my kid said they did that because of A, B, C, or D, it turns into this huge explosion. Mm -hmm. Certainly, you can try it. If you find that it is not going to work or it's going to cause more issues, because then what happens is, is adults get mad at each other, they start out on social media blasting everybody, and it turns Mm. into this huge circle. One of the things with your son that always bothers me the most is that this is the problem with the issues of bullying. It's it's our culture. So when you have adults around that are seeing this happen, they did mm-hmm. not do any help, you know, when they think, well, it's just the way it is, it's not a big deal. Adults should have been able to step in and say, knock it off, stop it, right. this is not okay. Those are about, things that we, we have need about two minutes. So I appreciate you ending on that note of what the adults around should do when you see it happening. Just knock it off. Yes. That's, a, that's a great yes. phrase to remember. <laughs> Right. They can even report it. So they they can even be able to report Mm -hmm. to the school and just say, hey, listen, you know what? I just saw this happening, and I've seen it happen several times. I'm letting you know and and being aware. Do something as an adult. Don't stand by and stay quiet because you're not helping our kids, our community. And so if you report it, then it's being reported by somebody else. It's not the kid that's having to try to report it. We have to be upstanders in our communities and step up and help other people when we see injustices happening. I love it that you ended on that. That just makes me so happy. Thank you so much, Tina. I, I cannot tell you how much I appreciate you. You can tell this is a situ, uh, like a topic that I take very personally and really care yeah. about, and I really appreciate your courage and your sacrifice to come talk to us. Well, thank you. I appreciate you having me on. Okay. Well, we're going to do it again soon, I hope. Okay. Wonderful. It, So stay with us and don't forget to find Tina on another episode of Camp Crafty Fireside Talk Radio, where we speak truth with a Texas twang. 
for joining us today, and we will see you again next week. Oh, Got in.